Hello, welcome to Masters of Divinity, episode 10. We are at episode 10. Yay! Episode 10. Uh, couldn't be happier that we made we made it to 10. Father Chuck, Matt Wells, what do you guys think? Our 10th episode. It's amazing that we've done it, and, and I'm, I'm equally amazed that within nine episodes, well, not even nine, eight episodes, we managed to hit number 12 on the religion and spirituality charts on iTunes. That's very true. Pretty remarkable. Uh, beating out people like uh, Rob Bell and John Piper and... Uh, Ravi Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias. Uh, Max Stanley. Yeah. Matt Chandler. I don't know who that is, but I just... The Positive Head Podcast. <laughs> but we still have made it to Joel. We've not made it to Joel. Joel. But that, Coming for you, Joel. But we don't know. I mean, we were... I mean, we were we were seriously like twelve for probably like an hour tops. Yeah, at the most. At the most. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, kind of makes me wonder. I wonder which episode it was that that kept us up there. Uh, um, do we know? Do we have those? Do we have that information? Uh, I'm, we can find that information. We have the technology to. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's get the intern. Let's get the interns on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interns. <laughs> In other words, I'll do that tonight when I can't sleep. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, now that we've gotten to episode 10, uh, you know, we had a lot of ideas. Uh, we have plenty of ideas for, for future episodes that we're always talking about, brainstorming about. Uh, but in this episode, um, we thought we would talk about nostalgia. And uh, nostalgia is a pretty big thing these days. Don't you guys think? I actually read some news today. I don't know if I told you guys, but uh, Warner Brothers has is going forward with uh, Space Jam Two. Really, mm-hmm. a sequel to Le- Space Jam. LeBron James, starring LeBron James, directed by Justin Lin. Justin, Fast and Furious franchise and Star Trek Beyond, Lin. Yes, he is directing Space Jam Two with LeBron James. Wow. And my my first question when I read this was why. <laughs> why? Why? Oh, I know the why. Cha-ching! Uh, but my, my, the one question I was most concerned with was, who is this for? Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. The last Space Jam came out 20 years ago. Oh, man. And I was 13 years old, and back then, Space Jam came out because they had those commercials, Michael Jordan playing against Bugs Bunny, and like Marvin the Martian was a referee, right? Right. But back then, we were wearing you know Air Jordans, and we wore like the Taz or the Marvin the Martian T-shirts. Like and that's why they made Space Jam. You were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and my we peers were? at the time, I had LA gear we. pumps. Okay, I had the, LA the, gear pumps because I was royal, poor. The royal we. I probably just had Tasmanian devil shoes. <laughs> I got it all mixed up. Hey, I was a Marvin the Martian guy. What up? <laughs> Me too. Uh, and also a Taz. Uh, so that that's my question. Who is this for? And I think it's for us. And I think it's I think it's Warner Brothers banking on the stage. I don't. These kids don't know who what a Looney Tune is. Do they? No. No, probably not. Yeah, because there's... They didn't show that on Cartoon Network, I don't even think. Not that they would, because that's Hanna-Barbera and not Warner Brothers. I mean, Chuck, you work with with teenagers. Are Looney Tunes a thing? Are Um, they a thing? I don't know. I've... uh, Since we brought up the fact that I work with teenagers, this year, this year has marked the moment where I realized that I have no idea what the kids are into. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Really? Oh, yeah. So... I, I try to avoid, I try to avoid the corny youth pastor stuff 
when I when I give chapels. I, I, occasionally, I give into it because it's funny. Like I love using like outmoded turns of phrase, and the kids think that I'm like trying to be hip, and it's funny when they they don't get the joke. It's more amusing for me than anything else. But um, but no, like you know, because I wear a black I wear a black cassock you know, all the time. Yeah. So my go-to joke on that, whenever I like speak for the first time in front of a group of students or whatever, is I always say like, you know, I bet you're wondering why I'm dressed like Neo. And I started finding that nobody would laugh at that joke. <laughs> so then I started Severus Snape and I got a few more laughs, but even now the kids are kind of like, who's that? Cause you know, Harry Potter is kind of old for them now too. So, so in fact, uh, at, at, at chapel the other day, when I met um, our, our, our fan, Annie, when I met, Annie Meisner. Annie Meisner. Shout out to Annie Meisner. Yep, yep. When I met her, hi, Annie. Uh, When I met her, I made a joke that I was dressed like Kylo Ren and got lots of laughs. So I had to keep hip with the with the kids, you know. I had to. I have to. I have to groove to the jam. You have to save that corny joke. Oh yeah. (laughs) But like, but yeah, but like, I'm I'm becoming more and more aware. Like, um, like I asked, I asked, uh, you'll like this, JP. I asked the kids the other day in chapel how many of them had ever seen Avengers, and like maybe, maybe ten hands went up in really? a room of like three hundred kids. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah, because wow. I used a, I used a quote from the Vision at the end of Avengers: Age of Ultron, and oh, they wow. had not I mean, seen it. Yeah. You so Age of Ultron. It's well, it's, whatever. But, stick with the original Avengers. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, maybe. But uh, anyway, so yeah, like so. I don't know what the kids are into. I know that the, I know that '90s nostalgia is really big right now. Uh, right. I almost I almost actually sent you a photo. Um, I was at the mall yesterday with my or Saturday with my son, Charlie, and um, we were going to the playground and we walked past a Forever Twenty One, and all of the marketing was like '90s internet stuff. Like the graphics looked like they were off of like a GeoCities website. That's weird. Yeah, so like, there's like this weird '90s nostalgia thing going on well, in pop culture. The new '80s, man. Yeah, and like, but it's so. not like the cool '90s. Like, it's not like the grunge '90s. It's a little bit of that. It's like but Saved by the Bell. It's, it's like grunge meets Saved by the Bell meets like the pop music of the late '90s. Yeah. On like '97, '98. On that note, Fuller House. Fuller, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, Fuller House. Um, you know, Full House was made for primarily families, but targeted mostly when we were children. I mean, I, I didn't sit with my family and watch Full House. I watched it by myself when I was a kid or with my friends. And Fuller House, they're not really targeting children. They're targeting us again, you know? I, I will say I watched the pilot for Fuller House, and I was actually surprised. I thought it was going to be awful. But I actually was yeah. surprised. It, it, to me, it hit all the right kind of notes. Mm-hmm. But to me, it felt like the kind of show that was meant for me to watch with my children. It wasn't right. meant just for me. I think it was meant for me and my kids. And maybe that's the same thing they're trying to do with Space Jam, you know? Uh, maybe. But, yeah, I think it's an interesting point you made because Looney Tunes aren't a thing. And, like, Space Jam, is Space Jam a thing? Like, are there kids, like... Uh, well, I'm I know the, really, the original really, website is still up. I'm really fighting the urge awesome. not to sing the song. Please don't. Just please, please don't. I'm fighting. I won't give in. Don't do it. <laughs> I won't give up. I won't give in. Wait, which, which one? Basketball Jones? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Stop no. tempting me. Yeah, I, I saw this news, too, and I asked the same questions. I mean, why? Because, I mean, I, didn't, I never seen Space Jam. That was just not... That was just not a movie that was on my radar at all. Like, I just, even then, I didn't care. So maybe I'm too old for it. 
Used to- well, it's also sports, and I know how you feel about sports. So. Yeah, I really hate sports. <laughs> I, I'm. If there's an opposite to sports, its name is Matt. <laughs> but but I, no, like I watch Space baseball. Jam. I watch I'll baseball. Admit it. I, I liked Space Jam. Yeah. And it has the whole him trying to go to baseball thing in it. Did you know that? When Michael Jordan yeah, crossed right. over to baseball for yeah. about five minutes. Oh, that's true. Then they make a part of the plot, which is really weird. Yeah, it's really hot. You know, it, it, it makes me think of like there was a weird time, right? Like where 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 where, where athletes were kind of crossing over into nerd stuff because I own <laughs> I own considering last episode we talked about our fandoms, I own the one-shot Dark Horse comic title, Godzilla versus Charles Barkley. Oh, that's legendary. I've heard of that. Yeah, I own it. I own it. It is, <laughs> I... it is boarded and bagged in my home. Um, <laughs> and it is, it is something. I'm not going to say it's incredible. <laughs> it's something. Well, it's also like uh, when Eminem teamed up with The Punisher. That's weird. Yeah. I haven't read that one, but I've never heard of it. Uh, yeah, so nostalgia, guys. Um, are we? Is our generation just like the most nostalgic generation that's ever existed? Um, is that why you know you've got uh, Ghostbusters, you got Star Wars, you got uh, Star Trek, everything, everything from our Ninja childhood. Turtles, Every, uh, po- Power Rangers is coming out next year. Yeah, I don't know. Here. I don't know. I, I think. I mean, maybe. I, we're probably the we're probably the generation where nostalgia has been like fully marketed and becoming a marketable thing. But is like, that because of us, though? Like, did, did we give them the idea? Oh, we love these nostalgic things. I mean, maybe. I, I mean, maybe. My mom. So here's here's when I think of nostalgia, I think of my mom. Um, my mom, her fandom is Barbie. My mom is a diehard hardcore Barbie doll collector. I have been to Barbie shows with her. I can identify different generations of Barbie anyway. But yeah, so like my mom is like really into Barbie and she was really into Barbie because in the early eighties, early to mid eighties, um, that was like the first time that like nostalgia was really coming around. And that's when like toy shows and stuff started happening where like, you know, she had grown. So her story is she had grown up, you know, she was born in, in the fifties. She grew up in the sixties. Um, she had Barbie dolls. Um, my family moved to Puerto Rico. My grandfather was in the arm or was in the, was in the army. Um, he was stationed in Puerto Rico. So they moved to Puerto Rico When they got to Puerto Rico. They found that all of my mom's dolls had been stolen. And, so that was very devastating to my mom as a child. Anyway, later as an adult, after she had me, she started becoming interested in sort of seeing if she could get basically her dolls back in, in, in so many words. And so she started going to garage sales and, and all this kind of stuff and like getting Barbie dolls. And it became like a big thing for her to collect Barbies as a way of recapturing her childhood. And I feel like that marks the, the, the first real like emergence of nostalgia, you know, the resurgence of Barbie dolls and Star Wars action figures from the 70s. If you just slowed your voice down on that song, you would have been like Aaron Mankey from Lore, and that sounded like the setup for one of his podcast episodes. <laughs> so it just did. Sorry. It's like, and then the dolls came alive. But Please don't. don't. Oh. Every, every <laughs> culture has their little people. Oh no. <laughs> having a having a doll collector mom, I will say there have been there's one time in my life, I was probably like third grade. So I was like nine years old and I had to go get something out of my mom's room in the middle of a power outage and all I have is a flashlight. And I went into her bedroom and I was like shining the light in her bedroom and all I saw were these dead doll eyes looking at me from every corner of the room. 
this is not cool, man. <laughs> and that wasn't even the room where she kept the dolls. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's just, I, I'm sorry, this is a tangent before you get back on topic, because I mentioned the podcast. I was listening to our previous episode, which is incredible, by the way, and if you missed it, please go back and Are you nostalgic for our last well, episode? I am. But in the last episode, which we recorded a week ago today, I said, I'm listening to this new podcast. I'm like six episodes in, and I couldn't remember the name. JP had to remind me the name Laura. Laura. Since then, I have listened to every episode. <laughs> and I'm obsessed and you can't with sleep. it. I'm obsessed with sleep. it. No, I haven't slept in a week. Um, <laughs> but this is the end of my side trail, and then we'll get back on topic with nostalgia. Well, because I know you're getting nostalgic for, for our topic right now. <laughs> um, but... Uh, the the guy is incredible talking about the power of story and i'm just going to give a total i know we're a podcast i shouldn't be giving the competitor stuff but if you haven't listened to lore go back and listen to it it's amazing to talk about the power of stories and how they shape our culture what we should start doing is we should start tagging these other podcasts that we listen to in our twitter feed and then that way they find out about us and maybe they mm -hmm. promote mm -hmm. us yeah. no i emailed him okay good <laughs> he, he responded oh really yeah he's really busy <laughs> He, he, I told, I called JP though. I was like, he actually responded. He, um, so, so they got a movie deal. We would love a movie deal if anybody's it's a listening. TV show, a TV, um, TV show. Sorry, TV show deal. Uh, and so he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really busy right now, which makes sense because he's making a TV yeah. show. But That's awesome. Anyway, he responded. It was fun. That was a highlight of my week. Nice. So, yeah. So nostalgia. <laughs> is that what we're talking about yeah that reminds I, me of a time uh so well can i can i can i just interject real quick i, I know i do most of the talking but i'm glad that we're talking about this because uh speaking of previous episodes i was um I, I finally received from my mother's garage my box of gundam models and so i'm going through the gundam models to to give away to those who've requested them <laughs> and i had i had a really interesting wave of nostalgia picking those models up like i was suddenly transported to being like being in my in the in, in my old home as a child, um, working on them while watching reruns of Robotech, and um, <laughs> and occasionally skateboarding and listening to punk rock. I I totally um, cornered you into giving them away, and that was my question on the Facebook thing. Is I was like, I seriously want to know what you felt when you had to pick out which ones you're giving to people. Yeah, I um well, I the thing is they've been in a box for such a long time they're in like they're in real, they're like kind of falling apart. So I have to like locate all of their pieces and reconstruct <laughs> them. But I did find this is kind of cool. I did find like six of them that I've never built. They're still in the box, and now I'm kind of like I was telling my wife today, I was like, I'm going to build them. She's like, you know, you could sell those. I'm like, but 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 I could build them. <laughs> like I'm almost tempted to like build them new and send them out to people. But um, you yeah, Go for it. Yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah. So that was my little wave of nostalgia just this, this week was you know, I, something I touched and it brought back those feelings and those memories, things I hadn't thought about in years, and it was kind of cool. I know exactly what you're talking about because I had the same experience this week, which I actually I, I messaged you immediately, Chuck. Was. Um, you know, I'm here in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, and I realized that 20 years ago, almost almost to the date, shy of a few months, I actually moved from Florida here to Norman, Oklahoma when I was about uh, 12 years old. The exact same setup and everything. And I realized that because um, I was sitting uh, by myself listening to uh, music, and I decided to listen to uh 
Basket Case by Green Day. Yeah, dude. And, you know, I just, I blared it, and I had my eyes closed listening to it. And when I opened my eyes and looked around to where I was, it was like I suddenly traveled back in time because 20 years ago was when I bought my first album when I was living in Norman, Oklahoma, and that first album was Dookie by Green Day. And it's like, I hadn't listened to this song in this place since like 20 years ago. That's awesome. Yeah, it, and after you posted that, and I was going through the Gundam box, I um, I had recently acquired a copy of Dookie uh, oh, yeah? from Goodwill for like a dollar. And um, and so I was driving around town listening to it the other day too. Nice. Such a good yeah. album. And then after that, I had to listen to my, to my second album that I ever bought, which was uh, Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Same effect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good album too. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Have you ever ha- have you had a, a recent wave of nostalgia hit you? Uh, or is it a constant thing? Is it something that happens once in a while? Is it, I don't know, something that just doesn't happen and you don't pay much mind to? I don't know. What, 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 what's, what's going on with you? Your nostalgicness. Matt seems like the kind of guy who always lives in the present. Always. I never look back. I, I never... The present. I never so pine. I never pine. The present. The present. <laughs> you guys can't see the you hand. Can't see, you can't see the reference for the movie um, taking place right now. That's what happens when you hang out with, with Matt and JP. From across states, he threw the screen, is putting his hands in my face right now. <laughs> Through a computer screen. It, it's a... Um, that makes me nostalgic for days when JP used to be here in <laughs> oh, the great state of Florida oh. with us um, around this table right now. Um, are you moving yet? You packing up on your way? I tried. Sure. I tried on the podcast <laughs> to get you here. Just cornered you. Um, I mean, I have children. When, once you have kids, I think your life becomes this constant mix of struggling between the present and nostalgia. Yeah. It's like my wife and I, we, we talk all the time about how, like, you always say, I wish we could just pause and keep them this age right now. Um, but what we found out is you say that at every single age. Like, oh, do you? It, every, every age, you're like, I pause. Maybe not um, two and four, but my children, See, three, like... and three and four at the same time. My children might hear this someday, though, so I'm going to lie and be like, okay. they're totally awesome kids. Right? I wanted to fast forward through the newborn phase. They're totally I'm awesome kind of kids right now. Um, if you message me, he'll. if you message <laughs> Father Chuck, he will send you a, a Gundam model. If you message me, I will send you one of my children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's legal, but maybe in Florida. I don't know. Maybe in Florida. Um <laughs> No, but you do. You live in this weird, um, this weird, like, it never made sense to me when parents talk about how quick time goes by. You get so annoyed with your parents being like, you have no idea how fast time goes by. And then you have kids, and I see this fun feature that Facebook created. Speaking of nostalgia, um, Facebook created this memories. Yeah, I, I, I hate that thing so much. It depresses me. I use it on my, my my ad blocker. Like I always mm-hmm. block it with my ad blocker. Yeah, it is an endless stream of depression that I can't really stop is. staring at. It's kind of like a train wreck. I can't look away. But it's a constant reminder of, hey, guess what? You're going to die. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, look at this is you six years ago well, having the, fun uh, before I guess you the... had kids and all skinny and thin and good looking. And 
This is you three years ago. Yeah, I bet you thought it was a lot longer when you used to actually look good, but it was only three years ago. And this is you today. And why are you still here? Like, that's what Facebook does to me daily. I'm just wow. saying. So Thank you, Facebook. I guess that's the angle maybe we're going to take with this, right? Is it nostalgia is our way of trying to stay Deal with death? death? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it I, is, isn't it? I've heard nostalgia defined as, like, literally, nostalgia means, like, a sadness for the past. And I, and I think that's true. I think whenever, because yeah, they're, 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 the sadness is inherent when you think about, Oh, I really loved that when I was a child. And, and what's the first thing that goes to your, I thought, Oh wow. Being a child was so much easier. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, like this, like this will date, this will date me. It'll show how old we are. When I think of nostalgia, the first thing that jumps into my head is the brother in Napoleon dynamite. Yep. Yeah. And not the brother. The um Oh Uncle Rico. Uncle, Uncle Rico, Rico. Who just wants to be his high school self again. Back in eighty two. And he's constantly living I this, made that touchdown. this nostalgic thing. And I think that we um we take nostalgia now and use it as like a positive kind of in a way. Like mm-hmm. if you dwell on it too much, we still kind of um mock it. But I mean, we've manufactured for it marketing now. nostalgia. Yeah. Like, remember when you were younger? Remember when things were easier? Remember Space Jam Two? <laughs> Space Jam Two. I don't know what you're supposed to remember with that, but sure, go go ahead. Um, I'm when waiting. Saw Space for, Jam One. Waiting for Family Matters. Um, <laughs> it's gonna come back. Family and still matters. Uh, family, family still matters. And when that happens, we will sue you because we said it first on <laughs> here. Um, yeah, I. You know, when I think about this, this gets into, and I know we've talked about this before, I think, when we talked about sort of the man-children concept. But, I, I, like, for me, when I think about it, it's like, yes, nostalgia, there's a sadness to it. I mean, I think when I when I get wistful, that's a good word. It's one of the first vocab words I ever remember learning. Nostalgic moment right now on air happening yeah, live. happening. Um, when I get, like, that wistful feeling for my childhood, there is that, that tinge of sadness that it's not there anymore and that I wish that I could have inhabited that moment just a little longer to process it, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, but now when I think of the way we talk about nostalgia, I do think of emotionally stunted people. Who refuse to grow up and refuse to be adults. And I know this is something you and I have talked about a few times, JP, that like, um, you know, I think of like, and I may, I don't, I can't remember if I mentioned this before in an earlier episode or not, but I just remember the Palm Beach Post ran a front page story about the the release of the Star Wars The Force Awakens action figures. And that front page story photo was complete with nothing but white bearded guys in their 30s and 40s holding lightsabers and action figures. It's not just the Palm Beach Post, man. It was like every outlet. Right. Like every time they talked about these toys came out, it was always the adults waiting in line to get it. Yeah. Where are the kids? <laughs> uh, you know, I think of that and I think of like, like there's this great Facebook post and I've tried to find it to share with people, but it's this guy arguing with a 12-year-old kid about saying that the Star Wars toys are meant for him because he has the disposable income to afford them. They are not for children. They are for adults and all this kind of stuff. And like, and I think that that captures just in a nutshell what this is all about. And I think that's why nostalgia is so marketable because you you just you, – yeah, it's like, yeah, you've got these guys in their 30s and 40s and girls too. I don't want to exclude the women who are into it. But like you've got people who have a disposable income. They can buy all this stuff. 
So let's totally market it to people and let's keep people emotionally stunted um, and, and immature so they can buy this stuff. I mean, of course, the irony coming from a podcast called Masters of Divinity where our logo is <laughs> He-Man. Um, but, Which, I have to be honest, I'm not that nostalgic about Masters of, of, of the Universe. Right. I didn't really play those toys. I, was, I wasn't allowed to watch it. <laughs> no. We're getting that episode, Matt. We're getting nostalgic rebellion is what we're having right now. <laughs> but like, but what I go to is this thing, JP. It was one of the greatest things you've ever said, and um, to me, I think one of those like deepest, wisest things. Wait, you've wait, wait. Why did you have to downplay it? It was one of the greatest things he ever said. Period. Then you had to put this disclaimer to me, like, ah, to me. like <laughs> well, I mean, because he says great things to other people. Does he say greater things. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. he's more. Yeah, Matt. Maybe he's more amazing than I'm aware of. Let's hear <laughs> yeah. what he said. There um, we go. So what I was thinking of, and you and you can, I'll let you share it because I think it's such a cool concept. Is you one time told me about like you blame Nickelodeon. Yes, because yeah. Nickelodeon's whole thing was like, how amazing is it to be a kid? Right. And, like, we are the Nickelodeon generation. Mm-hmm. And so we've been told our whole lives that we have to be children. This is just taking me back to episode one where you, you mentioned that. Oh, did I? Oh, <laughs> you okay. talked about MTV and then graduating to, I mean, Nickelodeon oh. and graduating to MTV. But I don't want to downplay it. First of all, we're in nostalgia. So uh, if you've been listening since episode one, we're taking you back right now to nostalgia. <laughs> But yeah. um, but it was also a different context. You, right. uh, you were talking about then lack of growing up and being an adult. Wait, not a different subject. Yeah, no, no. It's, re- it's really nostalgia is kind of the reverse of what we oh, talked God. about in episode one. We've come full circle. Are we rebooting episode <laughs> one? Life a little bit. is a flat yeah. circle. Is this like The Force Awakens where it's basically the same plot as the first Star Wars movie? Does it's just the same plot as our first episode? Oh, no. I'm a little afraid that like past There's me new is characters here in the chair next to me right now and the, and the whole like time continuum. But then past JP out. will be here. Is this, we can hang now, out with here's, him. Here's the nostalgia question of, no. the, of the century. Is this a sequel? A reboot? I mean, what are we doing right now? Are we rebooting? <laughs> no, let me tell you what this is. Okay, this is the part in Time Crop where Jean Claude Van Damme kicks Ron Silver, future Ron Silver, into past Ron Silver. Then they merge and they turn into like this amorphous goo and they explode. That's what's going to happen to us. That's my anxiety right now. Time Crop. Awesome! Shout out to Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> and, uh, and Ron Silver <laughs> and Time Cop, which is probably one of the um, the weirdest Jean Claude Van Damme movies, which my parents used to joke around. Here's a here's a dad joke for you. My parents used to joke around and call him Jean Claude Van Darn. That's funny. So just, just go with that. <laughs> I just like remember, I just remember the uh, the Beavis and Butthead joke where um, Beavis said that Van Damme is awesome because his name is a cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's the only reason we talked about him growing up. Yeah, I mean it, it's true. I'm well, a nostalgia uh, moment right now with Jean Claude Van Damme. Sorry. Well, you know, I'm I'm conflicted with nostalgia. You know, part of me really likes playing with it. You know what I mean? You know, I, I like that there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming out. I like talking about uh, Nickelodeon shows and, and Full House and TGIF and the weird clothes we wore. I, I love talking about, like, when I used to rollerblade all the time because I watched Hackers, the movie Hackers. Oh, gosh, I love Hackers. Can we do a Hacker episode? <laughs> Very bad movie, but I love it anyway. You uh, shut your mouth. <laughs> she wore a rash guard with like J.C. Penny slacks that in movie, New York. Like, what do you? What? What's going on there? That movie's incredible, and you know it. <laughs> Sorry, all I heard is New York. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, uh, but I, I, I love nostalgia, but at the same time, I'm like, I get, I get frustrated with people that like indulge in it so much. And I also, I get frustrated when I see things like Space Jam 2. And I, I, of course it's, it's supposed to be like for children, but then at the same time, it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm seeing, I'm reading beneath, like between the lines, like, no, it's not, it's, it's supposed to be, you're, you're trying to make me to go see this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, my friends' kids don't care about Space Jam. I don't know any kids that care about Space Jam or Looney Tunes, you know. But at the same time, I don't know. Like, I'm very conflicted with that. I kind of like it as well. But I kind of wonder if, uh, like, I like what we were talking about with Nickelodeon, where they totally celebrated being a kid is the coolest thing in the world. And you watch on TV, and like being a teenager is uh, being a teenager is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I uh, I think of. You know, as you're talking about the thing that I'm thinking of is like some of the some of the stuff that we really love is the result of nostalgia, like um, Star Wars. Yeah. You know, Star Wars exists because George Lucas was nostalgic for the old Flash Gordon serials and kind of wanted to recreate that. Um, but I feel like that's a different kind of way of doing nostalgia. The, the well, can... Star Wars exists because we were all nostalgic for a Star Wars movie that yeah. didn't suck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, and, and what generation is George Lucas a part of? He was born in the 1940s, same as Steven Boomer. Spielberg. Yeah. Steven, same as Steven Spielberg, who is extremely nostalgic as well. Baby boomers. I mean, late boomers, but yeah. Well, yeah, but still, you know. I mean, early The boomers, boomers I, I would say that's something that we have something intense in common with, which is nostalgia. Boomers are super nostalgic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like my mother. My mother, as I just mentioned, she's a boomer, and she's super nostalgic for stuff from her childhood. And I think, like, I, I think where things are weird for us, the three of us in particular, because we're all in our early 30s, is, you know, depending on the cutoff, some people cut off Generation X at 1982, mm-hmm. and some begin the millennial generation in 1982. I was born in 82. You were born in 82, right, JP? 83. 83, Matt, when you were when you were born? 84. 84, okay. Because I've also heard 84 too sometimes. So, but 82 seems to be the one I've seen the most consistent. So, like, I think, like, for us, like, we have, we have feet in two generations. A little bit. And, and so, like, I feel for, like, like, I, I don't feel, like, there are times where I can really relate to millennials and there are times I have no idea what millennials are doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like... You know, I think of like my cousin, my, um, my oldest cousin, she's a, um, she's absolutely Generation X. And like when I think of her, like I think of, you know, Reality Bites and Empire Records and all of that kind of stuff. Like that was like, that was contemporary for her. Like I came into it later, but I can still like identify with it. I can still remember it. I can still remember the 80s a little bit. We're kind of the middle yeah. child generation. Yeah. So we're like in this weird like gap in between until like when I think of like Space Jam. Like I Gen think X Space is like our Jam, big brother, big sister, you know? Yeah. Because like I think of like Space Jam, I think Space Jam is much more of a millennial thing. Oh, yeah. Than it is like our thing. Yeah. And like anytime they try to reboot our stuff, it's weird. Like that god-awful Point Break reboot. <laughs> yeah. Or like... I don't know. Like, I don't know. What, what would they even reboot for us? I mean, they're working on Power Rangers, which is, is pretty much our stuff. God, yeah. I know they're doing that. Thank you for ruining yeah, my, my plans after this podcast to go enjoy Point Break. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, um, but no, like, well, you know, and, and talking about ruining, like, I think the, the phrase that I hear all the time, I think we all hear all the time, is the whole idea of ruining my childhood. Right. Like, we're nostalgic, but yet, like, we hold it so sacred. And, like, when any, like, like we really want 
like something we want our like it's like we want our childhood childhood validated somehow by being like a major blockbuster franchise but if you be by virtue of becoming a major blockbuster franchise it has to abandon all the stuff that made it special to us as our child as, as children and so like we get like super angry that our childhoods have been ruined by the thing that we want it to be like we can't acknowledge that like Power Rangers was awesome when I was in fifth grade. It is right. not good now. No, not at all. <laughs> and I am okay with that. But I'm weirded out by people who refuse to acknowledge that it's supposed to, like, somehow grow with us. I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually, it's kind of funny. I had a conversation with a friend not too long ago, um, and they were being nostalgic about movies that came out in the 90s. Um, the 90s was mostly celebrated for their independent film scene, right. not so much the blockbusters. And um, she was just complaining about there aren't blockbusters like the blockbusters we grew up with. And I was like, which blockbusters did we grow up with that you're nostalgic for? And she's like, well, like Jurassic Park. I was like, okay, fair enough. What's another one? Silence. <laughs> she's like, I don't know, like Independence Day? I'm like, come on. <laughs> you know both of which are back right now speaking i know nostalgia. yeah hey exactly um the matrix is a 90s movie 1999 it's almost 20 years old guys not nah, yeah that that's true that's true but you know not really was it wasn't a it wasn't a blockbuster it's so true the other thing apparently about nostalgia is a constant depression that it brings up <laughs> thank you for reminding me how old i yeah, was yeah sadness sadness <laughs> sadness loneliness despair. so okay so the, Matt, the Matt, slogan Matt, of our you... generation is abandon all hope ye who enter here <laughs> yeah oh, okay <laughs> so theologian uh, since I, I bring up a lot of theologians um one of one of my favorite theologians another one of my favorite theologians pretty much i realize every time i'm going to quote a theologian i'm going to refer to them as my favorite theologian uh-huh. this is just my parishioners is are used to me doing this theology? no he's a methodist from texas um wow um his name is stanley Hauerwas, and stanley Hauerwas. Um, he does a lot of work in medical ethics and theology he um he says that he says that the american what is it that in America everything everything for us is rooted in the idea of acquiring as much money as we can so that we can put off death as long as possible. Hmm. And I, I think that's such a brilliant insight into American culture, and especially as we're talking about nostalgia, because I do think I joked a little bit earlier, but I do think that part of it is just failing to recognize our mortality. We want to be children forever because when you're children forever. You know, nothing can hurt you. You're never going to die. You're never going to, you know, you sort of, you know, we refuse to face the fact that we're getting older. I mean, I think that's the, a huge trap of the baby boomer generation. I think it's one of the problems why the millennials and the baby boomers are at each other's throats a lot of times culturally because baby boomers refuse to refuse to acknowledge their age and be, they refuse so because of that, they refuse to retire. And because they're refusing to retire, there are less jobs out there. I mean, I know it's much more complicated than this, but this is a pretty common discussion that you hear. And I think part of it is we just have to acknowledge our age. Like, yeah, I, I, and, 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 and not in such a way that like, we see this ridiculous stuff where, um, people who are like, like in our thirties, like we joke, like, Oh, I'm in my, I'm 33 and Oh man, I'm so old. Like things are so old. <laughs> I, I, I don't have time for that. Like I'm 33. I've got, a ton, like, you know, I still have more than half my life ahead of me. Right. Um, I'm real, you know, and so I don't want to get caught into that, that kind of trap either that like, if you're somehow older than 25, you're, you're a dinosaur. Uh, 
the only people that really think that are like people under 20 and uh, I don't know, MTV, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess MTV. I'm nostalgic for when MTV had music videos. Let's do that. It was actually music <laughs> television? Yeah. For all those uh, young people out there listening, that's what the M stands for in MTV. It was supposed to be music. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many churches run around claiming themselves to be the New Testament church? Like, we are New Testament Christianity. We are, we are, the, we are the way church is supposed to be. Um, that seems like it has a kind of nostalgia, nostalgia nobody actually lived in, you know, or like the number of sort of smaller churches in particularly rural communities who try to pretend that like the 1950s was like the apex of American culture. And so therefore we've got to get back to that. And we have that great old, you know, that old standard hymn, give me that old time religion that sort of fits into that kind of, that kind of mindset. Like, I think that, I think there's some kind of, I mean, I don't, would you say that's nostalgia or would you say that's just something else? Pathetic. Pathetic. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Denial. Well, I mean, there's even the, you could take it all the way back to the people like, we just, we're we're like the church in Acts. Right. Like the church in Acts was perfect. Like, like they didn't have their own issues. Yeah. Like, did you, have you read the Bible? Right. um, Have you read first Corinthians? Yeah. There's there's a whole lot of issues going on. Yeah. Acts, they're, they're at each other's throat. Yeah. But I, I think it's a, it's the, it's like that whole hindsight's twenty twenty is a lie. Like what it is is um, our hindsight's even more blind and opinionated. Hmm. Like I look back and remember what I want to remember. I can select. It's like selective hearing. Selective right. memory. Right. Like I look back and I'm like, childhood was awesome. It was incredible. Like, oh, to be a kid and just be carefree. Oh, if I could just be, what, if you could just be an infant again? Like, right. where your life literally depends on if somebody remembers to feed you or not? <laughs> like, that, that's the that's the height of our existence. If somebody remembers to pick me up and feed me. I, and your parents look like gray aliens, apparently. Right, apparently. <laughs> um, listen to our, our previous episode if you're wondering the reference about gray aliens. Um, <laughs> well, do you, I know both of you guys are big fans of the comedian Pete Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you heard his bit about how like he doesn't want to be a kid? I haven't like, heard that one. No, it's awesome. He's this whole thing about like where it's like you know it's like yeah you're 12 and like you lose your hat and you're just like whining and crying because you've nothing to do. It's like whatever. I'm an adult. I can go and buy a new hat. Like you know he's he's got this great bit. It's on his um, I think it's Comedy Central special. Um, it's definitely worth checking out just for that section alone. Um, and I found that to be really like eye-opening for me on that but like also like i've been recently reading um this book on florida history and the guy has got a really like the the, the author um i think it's td allen is his name the book is called finding florida um and he talks he, he's really interested in sort of like getting past the sort of fake history of florida because we have this really we know this like our, our 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 florida's history is largely just completely made up this guy like has dug through like historical records and stuff. And he shows like how like completely violent and awful the history of Florida was. And it's just like it was in America. But like, we have this, this belief that like America is somehow better than Europe, that we left Europe in order to come here and have this better life. But we were still like killing each other in the same kind of ways that they were over in Europe. But we just sort of like whitewashed it. And, and so like that brings up the question that I think of a lot of um, like this idea that somehow it was better in the old days, the good old days, but like, who was it good for? Because, mm. like, 
people were constantly killing each other. Killing <laughs> each other. You weren't really sure if you weren't like white and male. There were problems, mm-hmm. um, which is a by the way a plot point in um, Legends of Tomorrow and one of the Legends of Tomorrow episodes. It's really good. But like, like actually, right now is a pretty good time to be alive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the grand scheme yeah. of things. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a like everybody. You know, you you. Uh... You glorify what it romanticize. There's a word I was looking for. We romanticize the past. Like if we could just live in the Victorian era, yeah. Like when the life expectancy was like forty, yeah. I'd be like dead in six years, and everybody's got horrible diseases. Um, yeah, and it's like I, I hear people all the time, like the new diet craze. If we just eat the the like paleo diets and stuff, if we just go back to how they used to eat, again, when the life expectancy was like forty two, it's like a like, mastodon could kill yeah, you. Yeah. Live live in such a horrible day and age where our life expectancy is like ninety something. It's um, like, and we, it's like yeah. you guys realize like we're recording a radio show on a laptop right now. Come on, laptop. like this time, and there's no <laughs> wires connected, and we're like, this is amazing. That freaks me out when I think about it. This no wires thing. Just don't don't bring it up. It, it well, weirds me out. <laughs> I was thinking today while reading through the book. Like JP's in another state right now. JP's it's in another like, state. It's like he's yeah. sitting right there. I could touch his touch his nose. And, right. and the microphone. Stop, stop it! Stop it! The microphone fits in like a little pouch. Yeah, it it's is the awesome. smallest microphone. But the uh, thank you, Samson. Give us more. We want to. We want you to sponsor us. But I think of like like I was like today I was reading this book and it was thinking about like how much of like the world's problems like how much like empires like rose like you know rose and fell. How much international struggle happened because they were trying to find the Northwest Passage to make shipping routes shorter from, like, China. They wanted to get silk and spices from Asia to Europe quicker. And so, like, that's all this colonialism, all of slavery, all of this stuff happened because of that. And today, like, I can go online onto, like, I can go to, like, some website that's based out of, like, China, and I can order silk and spices and I could have that delivered to my house by next week, or, or overnight Amazon. if I wanted to pay more, <laughs> or Amazon. Right, have it here in two days. <laughs> but like that's the world we live in now. Like it's, yeah. it's incredible. You're reminding me of the Louis C.K. bit where he talks about like people complaining about taking too long to text and to text. It's like it's going out into space. Yeah, <laughs> give it a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, how entitled we are for our technology. Yeah. Well, here, here's my interesting theological attempt to take on on this topic of analgia. Of analgia. Analgia. Ooh, could that be a bottled water we sell? Analgia. Nostalgia. It'll make you remember the days where there was almost an end. Um, but the the idea of I, I for some reason this is where my mind's going. So I'm going to take you there. Welcome to Masters of Divinity, where you j- dive into Matt's mind. Um, good luck with that. Um, Masters of Divinity. That's a bad joke. Please cut that. <laughs> Please edit that. Um, there's this uh, fantastic uh, quote from Jesus where he, he, he basically tells us to have a, a childlike faith. Yes. Um, and I'm having this, this thought about that, that as we're talking about nostalgia, because I think to have a childlike faith, and we're talking about, you know, being a child kind of stinks if you really think about it. You know, you're <laughs> dependent on everybody around you. Um, and yet, have a childlike faith kind of makes you feel like you should have this nostalgic thing. Like, if I just be a kid again. But um, here's my interesting thought. And it's the difference between childlike and childish. Ooh. Um, and how we, as adults, tend to be more childish in this area mm-hmm. than childlike. 
Um, and the thing about children is their ability to completely exist in the now. Like my oh, yeah. child, um, I have a, a four-year-old and a three-year-old. One of which is named after James Bond. Uh, yes, Bond James <laughs> Wells. Um, and Bella Rose Wells, not to leave her out because she's my princess. Um, but if you take like a toy away from them, they throw a royal fit. And it's my wife who like one day realized like, not that you make an excuse for the fit. I put an end to the fit. Trust me, they drive me nuts. But she's like, but you realize to them that is their world in that moment. Yeah. What they know is that toy. They're there. They're playing with that toy. They want to play with that toy. And somebody else took that toy. In essence, that person took their world away in that moment. A child has this ability to completely live in now. There's no concern about before when I was little, and there's no concern about, well, what about when I grow up? And what's weird is my, my daughter's four now, and she's starting to talk about um, future and past, and it's weird to see it occur. Hmm. Um, but I say all that to say, I, um, I, I wrote a blog years ago, um, probably not years ago, maybe a, a year and a half ago when my daughter was a little younger and we're driving down the street and she's like daddy do you see the man he's waving at me do you see him do you see him and I'm like you know kind of getting she's driving me nuts for a second like do you see him do you see him do you see him and I finally look over and it's this homeless guy on the side of the road like begging for money and he's waving at my daughter and she thinks it's the greatest thing ever that this guy's waving to her (laughs) and what it hit me with is I don't see him anymore Hmm. I'm focused on where I need to be, what needs to be done, what's next, where are we going? We don't want it to happen like it did yesterday. And she's like, do you see him? Like, this guy's right here. And she did the same thing again with this guy who rode up on a motorcycle. Daddy's waving. Do you see him? Do you see him? And then we got on a glass elevator at City Place in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, We got on this glass elevator riding down, and she's just like, Daddy, do you see the sun? Do you see how it is? Like, she's going on and on about the sun, the sun kind of like still kind of rising, late day, but still kind of rising over the buildings. And this is like downtown West Palm Beach. It wasn't actually City Place. It was Clematis, for those of you familiar with downtown West Palm Beach. It's not the most scenic area, you know, but to her it was beautiful in that moment. And I'm like... I went home and couldn't help but think about this idea of childlike faith mm-hmm. and how she was so present in that moment that she realized the people around her. She realized the simple beauty and the sun over a building in downtown West Palm Beach. Um, and how to me, I was like, that that's possibly was one of the most profound thoughts I had on this idea of a childlike faith is like, perhaps Jesus is asking, do you see? Do you see what's around Mm you? Um, And we spend so much time missing what's right now because we're either looking toward the future or when you start getting older, nostalgic for the past. And I think that's where we're hitting in the ages that we're in um, is we used to be like, man, when I get older, when when I'm allowed to do this, when I'm a little older, when I'm... When I'm 18, when I'm 21, when I'm married, when I have my first kid, and now that's all done and we're like, man, when I was 14 or when I was 13 or when I was 15 and when all I had to worry about was homework and school. um, And I feel like the childish thing is to to throw the fit, to to whine about the things you can't control. The childlike thing is to the childish thing is to throw the fit. The childlike thing is to be 
present in the now and not worry about the future. And you can, and there's a good nostalgia that I think we talked about. You can look back and appreciate where you've been and appreciate who it's turned you into. I mean, I think like you mentioned Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. I think Uncle Rico is a great, um, I was literally getting ready to say his name again. You went right there. Go for it. I think, I think he's a good archetype for this because he's like, he's, he's stuck in his past and he's like, he looks back at his past, not with like to him. It's like, if it had only been different, mm-hmm. if it had only been this, you know, he wants to redo it. He doesn't look at his past with any kind of like, you know, wonder or whatever, you know, it's, that's where, that's where his happiness is, is, is in his past. He's unable to be present. Whereas I think like, a good and proper way of looking at this stuff, and I guess even a proper nostalgia, is to look back and say, that was pretty awesome. But you know what's awesome is now, too. You know, I think, um, you know, you, you told the story about about Bella and the and the, and the son um, on, in the elevator, and I, it made me think of uh, several years ago, um, an ex-girlfriend of mine um, managed, as a joke, acquired tickets to a Hillary Duff concert. And so we were in Denver, Colorado at a, a Hillary Duff concert at Coors Field. And um, I remember we were sitting in the cheap seats, which is like on the like upper deck on this slope, like sitting on this grassy knoll thing. And I just happened to kind of glance up. And yet I had this beautiful view of the Rocky Mountains. And this gorgeous sunset was going on. And then I looked down and I saw all the teenagers – all their dads, which is kind of weird because their dads are like kind of like really into it. Um, and like none of like I was the only person noticing the sunset in this like stadium full of people. And I thought about like how like how like how, what a perfect metaphor for the world we live in now is like, you know, we get stuck on whatever the shiny new thing is over here. And like, you know, like for the teenager, it's being basically affirming like this is the best time of your life. For the dad, it's like, I remember when I was little like her and I got to enjoy that. And, you know, maybe they're like, I remember when girls looked like her, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's a little creepy. Well, you know, I'm talking about Hillary Duff, not like his daughter or whatever. But, you know, like, but like, um, you know, nobody's really like paying attention to like the now. Like nobody has that wonder. Like they didn't have that wonder. And I think like that to me is, you know, that, that to me is, is, is what childlike faith is about is having a wonder about the world mm-hmm. and being willing to like just sort of take it all in and just see it as it is rather than like yeah, – because like as you told the story about your daughter looking at um, looking at the homeless guy, like my thought as a dad is like, OK, lock the doors, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like don't notice him, you know, because then he's going to try to come over here and try to get a buck from mm-hmm. us or something, you know. But your daughter saw him as a person. She saw, as a, she saw him as a full, you know, as a human being, you know, we don't like, I know like me, like, you know, I, I would see that as like, this is a problem that has to be addressed, you know? And then, you know, I think all the stuff I have to wrestle with in that moment, but you know, so your daughter's a better person than all of us. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, I agree. Or at least she was till she had four. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just oh. Girl, oh. if you hear this, you are my world. Uh, yeah, when she turns like sixteen, I'm gonna you're cry. gonna be like, I wish she was. Four I'll be again. nostalgic for when she was four. Um, <laughs> no, but I think that I think what we lack with this with this modern understanding of nostalgia and remembering um, is the is we also incorporate a denial with it, um, and we want to remember us as being the best we we were. And then use that to kind of have, I guess, some kind of warped hope of what we 
we can still be, even though right now we probably get stuck in this, like, oh, I, I missed out on all of it. But I feel like the, the past should be, it should be celebrated in its entirety for getting us to the now. Oh, totally. The, the good should be celebrated, but the bad should be celebrated also. doesn't mean it should be repeated, um, which certain people who keep rebooting franchises and making sequels could learn a lesson from the, the fact that certain things do not need to be repeated. Um, but it means that even the bad that we experienced, um, the wrong choices we made or the horrible circumstances that happened to us outside of our control all got us here. Yeah. And we're here. We're, we're here right now. We made it. We're still here um, for whatever reason. And we don't know how long we're here for. All I know is right now at this exact moment in time is I'm sitting at the table with you, Father Chuck, and uh, JP is in Oklahoma talking to us on a screen right in front of us. And that's happening right now. And for whatever reason... Everything that's occurred in my life has led up to us sitting here right now talking about all the things that have occurred in my life to get me here right now. Um, yeah. it's, it's celebrating the fact that we're here is what I think the past should be. Um, and, yeah, there's mourning for loss in the past that, that you never totally let go of, and that's healthy. But at the same time, you should have moved past right. um, at some point, unless it's brand new. Like if somebody out there listening experienced something horrible recently, I'm not saying get over it. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying yeah. is at some point you realize I'm still here, and for whatever reason I'm right where I'm at right at this moment talking to this little Samsung microphone. Shout out again. We really want them to pay us for shout out. Um, I just want a free mic. Yeah, we just want another microphone, actually. Um, but for whatever reason, right now I'm sitting here at a table with you and JP discussing things that apparently last week a thousand people listened to. Yeah, thousand yeah. Thousand. it's crazy. Yeah, I think you got me thinking. I When... Um, I think this happens to a lot of a lot of people when their kids are born. Maybe I don't know if it's dads more than moms, but I know that like my um, when Charlie was born, it's my first son. When Charlie was born, um, I was I, I had dealt with a little bit of um, sort of revisiting my past and thinking about you know my life before. And there were there were moments even occasionally where I'd think about like oh you know if I had done this I had done that you know maybe things would be different maybe things would be better like I was getting into that kind of trap. And then one night I was just I I was giving him a bottle and I was sitting in the rocking chair in his, in his room and uh, rocking him to sleep. And then I started thinking about like the fact that, you know, that just the, as you said a few weeks ago, JP, like the complete miracle of human life, right. the fact that there were like literally, literally like hundreds of millions of zygotes that contain um, unique genetic material competing for, to, to implant in one egg and if it had been a couple of seconds before or a couple of seconds later, it would have been a, t- a totally different zygote that merged with a probably a different egg. And then on top of that, that egg has to implant on the uterine wall and all that kind of like I'm just you know basic reproduction stuff. But I was just Which thinking, all sounds a bit like the movie Alien. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. So like, but I was thinking about it and I was just like, okay, like, so everything in my life 
up to this point led to that moment. And I was thinking about like parallel universes, parallel timelines, all that kind of weird mm-hmm. stuff that goes through my head. And I was thinking like the fact that I was holding my son in that moment, and I cried thinking about this, but I, 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 as I was holding my son in that moment, I was like, this is the best possible of all realities that I can live in because this is the reality where he exists and this moment exists. Any other life that I could have, it would not be the same, you know? Um, if even one thing had been different, you know, it would all rippled out into a different existence. And so like, so that, that's, that's where I go with what you're saying, Matt, like, you know, the past gets us to where we are today and I can, you know, trace through and see how it got me to where I am today. And, you know, are there things that probably, you know, if, if, would I do them over again? Probably not, you know, but I'm not going to try to regret them or change them because Mm -hmm. of the fact that, you know, they got me to where I am and, and here we are. Um, in this day and time with awesome kids, with the three of us as awesome friends and being able to have this, this little podcast that is, you know, quickly making us rich and famous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, well, maybe another reality. It's yeah, and another reality. We're rich and famous, but we're, uh, (laughs) which one of us is like the Rodman character who lets it go right to their head. That's what I want to JP. Um, I can see JP recording. Well, I know it's not me because I'm better than the rest of you. (laughs) Um, but, but no, and I guess that would be my, my, my hope for anybody out there who's listening to this, because we know somebody's listening. We've got yeah. proof of that. Um, my hope is that they realize that that of all the things that could have happened, of everything that could have occurred, of all the choices you could have made, you're still here right now. And for some people, that's an instant like, yeah, it's a huge so- but for the people who are going through something right now that's that's insane, maybe an illness or a, a loved one dying of something, mm-hmm. to realize that um, the hope that you can cling to is you're still here right now. Mm-hmm. For, for whatever reason, whatever is going on, you have this moment right now where you're hearing me say this, you're still here right now. You have this one more second to do something. Um, you have maybe the next second after that. We we don't know. Like yeah. I could literally something could like in a Donnie Darko moment, I could have a plane engine crash through the roof right now and wipe me out. It's good. Um, all we, <laughs> Father Chuck just left the room. I don't know. Um, all you know is you have right now. And for whatever reason, you've made it to right now. So so it's like it's it's celebrate the fact that you're here. Like um celebrate that all those decisions you're you're still here that uh, that all the good ones got you here that all the bad ones you made it you're still here um and and use use the this second and and the one after that because every breath you take um the only thing you're guaranteed is that you're here right now and and that's and we and, worry so much about everything else and speaking of the here and now the fact that you said every breath you take, I now have a police song stuck in my head. <laughs> Me <laughs> or a, too. Or a Puff Daddy song. Depending. Or a Puff Daddy song. Every yeah. breath you take, every move you make. If part of the if part of the, the, the life of faith, specifically in our context, the life of the Christian faith, is to become more like God, because that's what godliness means. It means godlikeness. So the idea is to become more like God. What do we do with the fact that God is revealed to us as one who is eternally present, whose sacred name is I am? You know, what does that say about the nostalgic impulses of the day? Because it's not I was or I will be, yeah. but I am. Interesting. 
He also has the advantage of living in eternity. That's on true. A different separate plane. But there is no past or present. There is only now. But let me place let me place that in a human construct. Um, and I'm not saying to understand God in this construct, but I'm saying for us to to achieve a, a mindset that will help us to become more Christ-like, more God-like. God, not God-like, <laughs> but you know what I mean. In our finite existence, with the understanding of my mind, and this is not a comment on my theology of eternity, um, so, so just to put that disclaimer there, but in the, the concept of my mind and the time frame that I can grasp, right now, if we really existed in the now, is its own form of an eternity, Meaning, if I really think about it, when I look back at the past, it's almost like it didn't happen. I, I can yeah. remember what it was like back in the day when I was, but I really don't. It's like I said, when I had a child, it's I had this weird reaction where my kid was born and I had this very short period, I mean really short period of like, what the heck is going on? And then it was like, people are, so are you still new? And I was like, I honestly can't remember what it was like not to have a yeah. kid. I don't remember what life was like without my children. That's that's, um, a, that's a strange thing. And it's like I don't remember what life was like when I wasn't married, when I didn't come home and my, my wife was there. That's weird. I had the same feeling about living with my parents. I don't remember what life was like before I was living with my parents. <laughs> it's easy to pass off. Um, well, not easy. I don't want to downplay your question, JP, because I think it's a big one. Yeah, but God exists forever, so it's easy for God to have this mindset. But at the same time... Our only concept is right now. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a memory that is shaped by our, or by who we are. I mean, my memory is actually not my memory. It is a concept of what I remember it being. And what I mean by that is how big was your childhood house? Now go back to it. It's probably tiny, but you yep. remember it as this huge place. Well, you were little. In the backyard I used to run around in and all the adventures I had. Like, our, even our memory is not actually what it was, and our future is uncertain. It, it could be, it could, I could end, like I said, right now. I mean, but now is all I know. Like, I exist right now, and this moment right now is its own form of an eternity, not everlasting, but its own form of an eternity, a, a time frame that has no concept of a beginning or an end. Because to me, right now is always... Every time I'm talking awake and conscious is right now. Um, everything else is outside of right now. Yeah. So, so it's like you, well, you have this own way of thinking. Well, here's where we get, we get a little heady. Um, cause, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here's a philosoph- where we get a little heady? Like <laughs> I'm a philosophy guy. So like I think of um, – I'm, I'm really kind of intri- intrigued by the idea that our, um, that like our concept of time in the West – meaning like in America and Europe, and I think is a very particular understanding of time. I recently learned um, about some other cultures that have different concepts of time, particularly the Malagasy people of Madagascar. They believe that time, like so, when, like in the West, we think of time as a line, right? We think it was a continuum, right? So it's going in a straight line, whatever. Um, if you say time is a flat circle, I know you ripped it off of treated. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no. So the Malagasy people, what they believe is, is the way that time flows is that like, th- that we like a person is like, we're a stationary object. Time flows like a river, but it's flowing around us, but from behind So the future is behind us. 
the past is in front of us. And it's like, we're, it's like you're in the back of a truck moving, you know, like you're yeah, facing no, the, yeah. I actually understand exactly what you mean by that. And that's, that, that is heady. Yeah. Is and so the present is in the periphery. Yeah. Cause all you know is what's in front of you. So the, the past is in front of us. Right. So you what's know what's behind you is uncertain. Yeah. Considering the, the amount of time that it takes, like your synapses in your brain to fire, um, every moment you've ever experienced, um, it's impossible to be in the present. Because everything you experience is past. That's true. Um, <laughs> it, no, if I can hold on, I, I've got to get over what was just stated right now. Because um, I'm currently having some kind of weird breakdown mentally. <laughs> I don't know how to handle anything anymore. So I can't even exist in the present. I can only exist in the past. Thank you for destroying. Yeah, I'm me. only ever. I'm only seeing you in the past Thank because light is bouncing off of you. And hitting my eyes, my brain is processing that information. It's all happening in nanoseconds, but it's nanoseconds after the event. You need to stop reading. You're the only person. You're the only person I can recommend. Read a little less. It'll be okay. It'll be alright. I used to when I taught ethics last year for eighth graders. This used to freak them out. They just they would freak out just, over yeah, this just, stuff. Just pick up one less book. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Go ahead, carry. On. Um, if I can give my opinion on living in the now and maybe people listening are wondering how can I uh, be better at living in the now and not be so nostalgic and not be so sad about the past or so anxious about the future. I think, I think a lot about um, the things that I'm nostalgic for. And it's usually like a trip I took, you know, I used to travel to different countries when I was in college or uh, a project that I did when I was doing those things, I was definitely in the now, you know, because you have to be to accomplish something. So I think when you chase a desire, and that desire can be like trying to learn something, um, like, you know, Matt, you told your story about Bella just sort of being amazed by everything around her. You know, when she when she's 16 years old, she's not going to be that amazed by the sun setting, but she might be amazed at what the sun looks like through like the the telescope at uh, the Griffith Observatory in Los Angeles. Let's be honest. At 16, she'll only be amazed if the sun is coming through the windshield of her first car. <laughs> like, carry on. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're not amazed by the fact that grass is green and the sky is blue. But, you know, when you take a closer look at things and you uh, study the people that did study these things, you do become – you get that amazement back. Mm -hmm. And I think learning and diving deeper into something – you know, shooting the arrow and going to where you shot it and then shooting it even further. To me, that's living in the now. It's like a forward momentum taking you to the future is living in the now. So, I mean, you know, my advice, not that we're like an advice podcast or anything, but <laughs> if there's anyone out there wondering how they can live in the now, I would say, you know, pursue something. Maybe not your past, because that could be bad. Mm-hmm. You know, have like it, it just, uh, I don't know, curiosity is, is what uh, is, is, a, is a driving force. Or, you know, you could, or what about, what about, you know, not necessarily dismissing past, but like what about something that um, you never did in your past that you wish you had always done? That could work too. You know? And that'll be podcast number 11. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, I think, I think the way to, to be fully present in the now without being 
restrained by the past or concerned, overly concerned about the future, is to be fully, fully thinking about the concept of right this second, right now, with the moment I have, with the breath that I take, um, what is my next step toward the person I want to be? And I don't mean want to be, again, worrying about the future. I mean, as a human being, as a, as a follower, if you're a Christian, as a follower of Christ, but as a, as a human being here on earth, um, what, is your, what are the values that you believe you should be living for? What is, the, what is the way that you believe your life should be expressed? And this moment you have right now is the thing that you're doing right this second moving you to or away from that concept? Um, so am I using the breath that I'm taking right now to take a step toward the type of human being I want to be, or am I using that breath to, to fall backwards, to, to become a negative form of nostalgic and, and move in the wrong direction? Or you could start a podcast. Or you could start a podcast. But, uh, <laughs> instead of that, instead of competing with us, you could take this moment right now to share this link with your friends to subscribe oh, yeah, on iTunes, to follow us on SoundCloud, to visit us at themastersofdivinity.com and tell us all about how you are enjoying the now, to go to MOD underscore podcast um, on Twitter and Instagram um, and, and get in touch with us there, to email us at the master or at masters of divinity podcast at gmail.com so masters of divinity podcast at gmail.com um maybe we'll work on shortening that one yeah um but yeah you could use this moment right now to get in contact with us and make our life right now in this moment that much better and it could it could have great uh, effects on you as well. It could make your life better too. It you will. Never know. It will make your life better. We we okay. might send you a Gundam. Might send you a Gundam. Might, yes. Yeah. If you request one, Father Father Chuck has plenty. I do. Um, he will still. He's still sending them out till they're gone or until he becomes so nostalgic that he won't let them go. There we go. Um, but keep requesting. You you can get them. I um, um, I know JP. You had you and I. You had mentioned in our conversation prior to this podcast about a, um, about a feature that we might try to do on the podcast, which is where we actually engage with our listeners. If they send us stuff in and whatever, like we'll do that. And so I, I want to, I want to bring that up. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we definitely talked about a viewer mail segment that we'd like to experiment with. Uh, of course we can't do that unless you send us an email, uh, or leave us a comment on our Facebook or, uh, on our Twitter. Uh, if you do any of those things and uh, you address it to us, uh, we would definitely love to read it and, and maybe discuss a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we're always fishing for topics on this thing, right? So, yeah, you know, totally. the, the day is going to come where we're going to, we're going to need you all to give us stuff to talk about because <laughs> we will have talked about everything. Pretty much, pretty yeah. much, but. Contact. It's a long time from now. We want to hear from you. We want to talk about you. We, we want to talk <laughs> with you. Ask questions. We want to address them Ooh. on the show. At some point, maybe we could have a contest, and whoever wins gets to be a guest on our show. Gets to be a guest on the show. That would be a fun time. Or maybe I'll even draw you into our logo, but I, I swore I never would after Father Fun, but we'll see. But, <laughs> and if Father Fun is listening, if you don't know yet, um, you're included in a special edition logo. Wait till you see it. I hope you like it. If not, blame Father Chuck. 
it is wonderful. I think you'll love it because I love it. So, well, that uh, that wraps her all up for episode 10, our 10th episode, our, uh, our deckology, if you will. Nice. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in next week where we talk about Chuck's uh, very deep V-neck shirt. Yes, son. And uh, where we... A very big uh, amount of chest hair. Where we pray that it goes out of style very soon. <laughs> and we can be nostalgic about it. It, it went out of style a while ago. <laughs> oh, that's good. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week. Bye-bye. Bye.